I'm Chris Moser. This is Monster Belief, the creepy but necessary podcast that covers every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And now we're doing The Winchesters. And we're back uh, with episode three. And uh, Chris, this show still is good. I, I good. like it. It's just, I, I know we. it's going to be weird if we do this like for 13 times in a row where we, we talk about an episode and we intro it by saying, this is a really good episode of television, but like I am still not over the fact that this is as good as it is and that I care about it at all. Yeah, it's got the same rhythm as as a Supernatural episode, and it's like listening to an album that you love, and there's the one song that has like a different singer on it, like mm-hmm. the guitarist is singing this time. That's what the Winchesters feels like. Same band, just different singer. Um, it was this really stupid analogy, but it's pretty good. I no, like the it's, show. It's, it's, um, you know what actually it reminds me of is like when the Eagles did that uh, um, tour like that big reunion tour that was gonna be their last tour and they recorded it like they did a bunch of they did a live album based off of it and it was like oh here's all of the classic eagle songs you love but now don henley is 60 or whatever i don't is don henley in the eagles i don't even know who the lead singer of the eagles is anymore (laughs) jesus christ uh but now the lead singer is like 60 um and it still was good like not taking anything away from it but it was just like all of the classic songs you love except now there's a bongo on it and it's still good That's the Winchesters. That's the Winchesters. Uh, before Supernatural we... with a bongo. Supernatural with a bongo. Before we get too far into this, uh, I do want to thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We really appreciate you guys supporting us. Uh, it's actually been really, really heartwarming seeing people respond to uh, us renewing Monster of the Week to talk about the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been very, very nice about it. Um, and it's been exciting to participate in this week to week. We have a pretty active Discord uh, and that people will use to live tweet and to chat about the episode as it is airing or as soon as they watch it. Uh, and if you want to be a part of that, check out the Patreon. Go do that. Chris, what's been happening so, on the Winchesters? Did you ride a road so far? Dude, I don't know. Um, what's going what on happened with, last what's episode? Going on with they John? went to the woods in Kansas uh-huh. and then they, um, feel like I don't know, killed a witch or something. I feel like you didn't write this down. <laughs> Are you... <laughs> you... Oh no no oh what do you mean no they they all they dealt with uh-huh. this is, I mean that's this is the level at which I read my own road so far as anyway so it doesn't matter um, <laughs> yeah true. last episode they dealt with their parent shit everybody's hung up on their moms and dads it's and, true um, they continue to be hung up on their moms and dads in this episode uh, we're covering the Winchester season one episode three you're lost little girl this was written by Gabriel Alejandro Garza, Garza directed by Claudia Yarmi aired on 1025 2022 face your fears. When Mary's next-door neighbor mysteriously goes missing, she and John start digging into the disappearance. During their investigation, John unexpectedly unexpectedly reunites with someone from his past. Carlos and Ada bond as they stake out a potential lead for the demon's partner. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lada tra- taps into old folklore passed down from her family in hopes it helps Mary and John. Um, yeah, so we start out with a pretty classic cold open. We see a young girl. Uh, she is uh, talking to her mom via CB. I'm really glad CBs are a thing on this show. This gonna make it just feels very. <laughs> CBs are still around today, but like it feels very 70s. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, mom is uh, her her call sign is Big Rig Mama, and the the daughter's call sign is Twinkle Star. So this is all very cute already. I love this Big yeah, Rig Mama cute, is very, very nice. Um, unfortunately, Big Rig Mama cannot come home. She's got a couple of days left. Uh, and the girl is upset because she can't find her favorite doll, uh, who she calls Bernice. Uh, and like we have bigger problems. Little girl. <laughs> yeah, Big Rig Mama is like uh, the electric bill is something that I have yeah. to worry about. Maybe you can deal with the Bernice issues while I deal with. Yeah, maybe maybe you could not leave every light in the house on the entire time that I'm gone, and is, the refrigerator open. Is, if you could not, 
is Bernice in the refrigerator door. You should be able to see it because it's wide fucking open, Twinkle Star, over. Um, I, I started this off of like, okay, of course we're back in Lawrence again. And then it occurred to me just mere moments later. Ah, yes. They live in Lawrence, Kansas. Yes. That is where the show is primarily set. So naturally it takes place in Lawrence. It's interesting because the somewhere, somewhere towards the end of this episode, they talk about that of like, it's kind of weird that we've had so many cases close by, um, which is fun. And it's also like the premise of wayward sisters right like the idea of wayward sisters was to have that crew mm. in um something springs <laughs> do you remember sioux falls sioux falls there you go falls like falls is like a spring that's, that's how things yeah. work um aza asa what's what was the it doesn't oh, don't matter. It doesn't matter don't um Big Rick Bama says, hey, uh, have your brother help you. Uh, I'll be home in a couple of days. Uh, and that's when the girl wishes so hard for this toy that a bag drops behind her. And in the bag is her toy. And she grabs it and she goes, gets him to bed. And she's so happy. And then weird hands come out of the, the bag and grab her. And a weird shadow is on the wall. And ah, and then it's our splash screen. You hate screen. to see it. Hate to you see hate it. to see it. Twinkle Star has been kidnapped. Bummer. Huge bummer for Twinkle Star. Uh, then we get some voiceover from Dean. Uh, he talks about how there's no there's no map to being a hunter. You got to follow your gut, but also you got to trust your friends and family. So which is it, Dean? <laughs> do you follow your gut, or do you trust in the advice of your loved ones? I'm a. It's it's real easy in the supernatural fandom to become a conspiracy theorist. Uh, they're uh-huh. the actors and the uh, cast and the crew are rel- so open compared to other productions. And we know so much about it, and there's so many people paying attention, and there's so many people that are coming up with ideas and things. Uh, and I, I try not to let my mind go down the path of like, what did Jensen want to do? What did you know Jared want to do? Was it this or was it that? Uh, I have to say, this this line specifically was like, hey, I'm coming to fix the finale. <laughs> I know you guys didn't like that. <laughs> I know you, we have to, you know, it, it, whether it's your friends or your family, the people that you meet along the way. And I'm like, you guys are addressing this directly. <laughs> like, what are you? Because I didn't get any of that whatsoever. <laughs> oh, really? So... Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I shit. just thought he was, he was hammering home the very obvious points that they keep making in every one of these episodes. I just, okay, well, I, but, maybe well, I have hey, a conspiracy hey, theory. So maybe hey. I should put on my Jensen hat or uh, my Jensen hat. Give me a couple more hat. episodes. Maybe I'll be in on the conspiracy. Um, we start out with our crew in the clubhouse, uh, and Mary is now, uh, trying to get her mom on the phone. Um, and her mom has said she's gone off hunting with some some people. Her mom doesn't even know that Samuel is missing, uh, because her mom and Samuel. No cell phones, that's why. No cell phones. Uh, her mom and Samuel have, uh, been separated since what happened to Maggie, uh, when Maggie died. Mm. Um, and now it sounds like Maggie is a sister, perhaps? Well, she a said family a, I member. Think, I think they, she said cousin in that first episode, if I remember cousin. right. Yeah. So, but I don't know like I, I why mean, or what. We don't really know a lot about this just yet. Yeah. Um, um. I just feel like you don't get divorced over a cousin. Yeah, but if your husband like me. lets a kid die, <laughs> like maybe you're like true. Maybe oh yeah, maybe Samuel <laughs> killed her. No, I don't. Just saying <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look, said, you were right. You said in the outtakes we're going to be a little unhinged, and I'm just being. Uh, destructively unhinged. The Samuel but that anyway. we know from season six would definitely kill a niece. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Like that dude, sure. that dude would sure. have he's no a, That guy's a niece killer. That's 100%. <laughs> he's 100%. Um, but no, Mary, she's Put she's him in Game of Thrones. Let him murder his nieces. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the wrong show. Um, Mary's losing hope. She's getting frustrated. 
can't find her dad, can't get in touch with her mom. And John is trying to keep her motivated, encouraging her, trying to hide the fact that he's like immediately in love with her. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and then Mary starts talking about how her and Samuel got into this huge fight before he left, before he went and disappeared. So he's, you know, or she's worried that maybe Samuel is giving her the silent treatment, doesn't want um, her to, to, you know, follow along or to even continue being a hunter based on the fact that their argument was her saying she wants to leave the life and, and stop being a hunter. Um, lots of suggests that maybe he's he's not trying to, like, ghost you. Maybe he's trying to prove that he can do it without you. Like, yeah. he can do this on his own so that you can go and live your normal life. Um, and then she suggests that, hey, we've been at this for a while. Why don't you go? Uh, why don't you guys go make out in the corner or something? Why don't you guys just go, yeah. you know, finger bang one another in the corner? Lotta doesn't say that. Jesus. <laughs> she says, we? go to the movies. What and is this John energy? is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Mary, let's go to the movies. And she's like, nah, I'm probably good. You guys can go. I love I love Mary's like, yeah, yeah, I have all of the showings for the Omega Man right here. Uh, here's the times. You guys do this. I'm going to keep going right now. I'm going to go talk to Ada. Yeah. Um, we go downstairs through the secret door and meet and find Ada, uh, who catches us up on all of the meta plot. Uh, they have a, a box that kills monsters, but the box is broken. Um, she used, uh, what was the writing? What did you call it? Psychic writing? Was that the? Uh, automatic writing. Automatic writing in the last episode to uh, get some information from the demon that possessed her. Uh, and she has been, uh, she's figured out that one of the things that keeps popping up is this address. Um mm-hmm. This is when Carlos, a.k.a. Lucy, arrives. Did you catch that nickname? I didn't catch this. I used, apparently used it in episode two as well, but I didn't yeah, hear Yeah, I, I heard it last episode. I, didn't, I haven't heard it. Interesting, one, yeah, interesting thing. Uh, we, we heard from some Marys about their, the mayor thing. It apparently doesn't bother them as much as it bothers me. You know that what was, I was thinking? I was, was thinking the... it's because you, you um, have a lot of horses in your life. So mayor, automatically, you have uh, that association. True. I bet a lot of people don't have the horse association. Um that's all. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos arrives. Says, "Hey, uh, Mary. There's a bunch of cop cars around your your neighborhood, right at next at your next door neighbor's house." Um, Ada wants to go check out the address. Mary's like, "That's none of my fucking business." <laughs> Mary's like, "I don't. Know. I told John to get the fuck out. I'm gonna tell you to get the fuck out too, Lucy. Like, get the, I don't. Know. I'm on dad shit right now. Okay. I don't have time for yeah. monster of the week shenanigans." Um, yeah. Mary tells Carlos and Ada to go check out the this address while her and John. Go check out the neighbor's house, and they leave Lada behind because, uh, like, hey, somebody could call. <laughs> so Lada is like, "Hey, I'm just gonna be the phone person. I'm gonna be the phone lore person." Yeah, I guess at this. I'll just be here playing operator. Yeah. Um, Mary kind of fills John in on the next door neighbors, um, who are uh, Billups. That's the last name. I kept thinking they were saying Phillips, but they're Billups with a B, which I find. And the kids' names are Carrie and Ford, which took me most of the episode to realize, oh, those are Star Wars. Those are Star references. Wars names. Carrie yeah. Fisher and Harrison Ford. Good one, Chris. Good one. <laughs> oh, I meant to tell you about the new horrible Star Wars stuff that I watched today, and I forgot. Anyway, um, Mary tells John that the mom is away a lot, uh, and uh, the, so the kids are like acting a little bit older than they are. Uh, and as they arrive, they run into a character that was mentioned in one of the preceding episodes, Betty. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a young woman uh, who is a cop, 
who obviously has some history with John that we're going to find out a lot about throughout this episode. Um, and John, as opposed to just being a normal person, is immediately acting super fucking weird when his obvious yeah, ex shows well, up. He's as tall as Sam Winchester, and he's got the same grace with women as Sam Winchester. <laughs> he's not. He's not good, man. He's just not. You would think some time in the army would have like educated him, but all he learned how to do was kill people and drink. He didn't learn anything about yeah. like uh, women's rights or <laughs> anything. No. He doesn't know how anything he's, works. And, down he's, there. and he's just confused. He's very confused. And he's very taken aback by this. He's like, monsters I can handle. That's what it is. This is the moment. This is the defining moment. Not only is he, I think he's just secretly obsessed with Mary. He doesn't care about the monster stuff. He doesn't care about his dad. He's just obsessed with Mary. And then he sees um, this you know, blast from the past. And he's like, I can't deal with this. Fuck it. I'm just going to go be a vagabond monster hunter. I can't deal with past relationships. This is all too much. Yeah, I can't, I can't deal with it. Um, they catch up a little bit. Uh, and eventually, like, he has to introduce Mary. Or Mary, I think Mary has to introduce herself uh, because John's being super awkward. Uh, and um, Mary decides to go. Once, once Betty hears that it's Mary, it's like, oh, we got in touch with uh, the mom. And she wanted you to watch out for Ford. So Mary goes to talk to Ford while John awkwardly again catches up with uh betty who's like hey i tried to call i'm just really glad you're home i know we left things in an awkward place uh what are you doing with that hot babe that like that's a weird situation for you with who is this hot babe well you don't know any babes john what's going on here what is this new development (laughs) i uh i also think why are you talking like that like they're from like it's weird because Lawrence can't be that big of a town, especially in 1970. Like they all went to the same high school. They're, they're all the same age. Like yeah. They had to know yeah. each other. Um, yeah. True. <laughs> right. I mean, like what I is there Mary two high schools? Maybe Mary didn't go to normal school. She was probably homeschooled. <laughs> she went to monster school. That feels like a she video went to monster game. school. So Mary goes over to talk to uh, Ford, which is when Ford tells her, Hey, uh, I can't tell the cops anything, um, but you seem cool. There was a weird fucking arm. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this, but you're gonna have to hit this first. <laughs> uh, so John and Mary go to investigate Carrie's room. Uh, Mary kind of asks about Betty, and John is super weird about it. Um, and then when she she's see- like, "Okay, so she's an ex then." So she's definitely an ex then. Like you were really okay. terrible at, at doing any of this. I wasn't sure about your behavior. <laughs> um, she sees the CB. Um, and is like my my father trained me on how to use a CB when I was one, and I'm like I don't think that that's I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think a one year old could do anything with that. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and she says that um, <clears throat> she would uh, go to sleep listening to the truckers and like kind of dream about a life that didn't involve hunting. Um, and this is where John yeah. is like, what did you want to be? Like, what did if you weren't could be a hunter? Like I wanted to be, I think he says a catcher for a baseball team or something. And I'm like, John, no, mm-hmm. you, no, you didn't. You, you don't have goals. No. You just have, you just well, have no, he obsessions. Did go to, he went to one baseball game in the future. So this is, this yeah, so is um, I guess it does tying check out. things yeah. together. <laughs> um, I just, you know, being a base, baseball player is a very normal thing for a, uh, a child to want to be, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to be a baseball player at one time, but I also wanted to be a poet when I was 18. So like I, everybody oh. makes bad choices. So, yeah. you know, I definitely wanted to dunk. Like, oh, everybody. I want to dunk uh, right now. I, I wanted to dunk. I thought I played basketball for like eight years. And I was like, I'm going to dunk. But then like never put in the effort or time or practice. I just wanted to be able to dunk. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Now I just now I just dunk privately in, in DMs. <laughs> now you just get dunked on. Ooh. Yeah, now I just get dunked on. Um, uh, Mary- but yeah, John, John had dreams. I guess we're, we're led, led to believe that he was normal at one point. <laughs> uh, Mary says she was absolutely not normal. Uh, she, she didn't have those kinds of options. Uh, and then John says that he used to keep a list. I may have heard this wrong. I'm curious how you heard this. He used to keep a list of things to do after he found his dad. Is that? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I think that was like he because he was so focused on finding his dad. That was all he really cared about. But I think he had been able to compartmentalize it somehow in his brain where he's like, well, I need to have a list of things to do after. Basically, I mean, you could almost say it as like an excuse. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to visit another country. Uh, but I'll do it after I, I finish this first thing. This first thing that I'll probably never finish. Uh, but now he actually he kind of has had some resolution on it. And you can see he does want to move forward a little bit. Um, and I th- he's just trying to encourage her. He's trying to give her something else to focus on. So it often shows like to deal with... Um, you know, the character getting revenge and then they don't know what to do with themselves after. Mm-hmm. So maybe John is genuinely trying to help her um, overcome that that pitfall that so many characters seem to have. Um, we, we They trade some looks during this whole thing and you can just kind of see yeah. some sparks flying here. Like they are, they are seeding this romance a bit. Uh, Mary finds a scrap of the fabric from the bag um, and then we jump immediately from finding that to... Um, the like storage building, the supernatural storage building, I guess. Like, it's so weird that this place yeah. has like doors and like locks and stuff. Like, I this don't is the most supernatural shit ever because it's like <laughs> it can never like actually be a a cool thing. It's it's a wet pipe factory or something, you know? Like, a hundred percent. Yeah, this is just a supernatural <laughs> a storage, storage unit. unit. <laughs> yeah, that they dressed up in like red things. Um, Mary finds, it doesn't look bad, but it's yeah. just really funny. Uh, we we the camera like sways its way into one of these storage units uh, into a room filled with uh, dolls, similar to the one that um, Carrie was using or Carrie had at the beginning of the episode. Uh, when we see our monster appear, our monster is just a dude with that can like walk funny. Um, so like yeah. you know most people in a Barnes and Noble, I guess. Um, and yeah, definitely. He 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 kind of he kind of ribbits himself over to this pile, uh, sniffing around looking for Carrie, who Carrie's hiding underneath them. Um, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. I didn't catch this in the episode. I didn't catch it until uh, I saw it on Twitter later. At some point in this episode, because uh, this whole thing, the reason this is a storage building is it's because all of these things were created to bait people to get into the bag, right? Like that this is what the creature does. Yeah. At some point, we see like a, it's like a like a piece of fabric with Dean's face on it. Oh, there's like a mannequin or something that I thought was, was it a mannequin. Jensen Ackles. I don't know what it was exactly, but there was a face that we see, and it's kind of out of focus. And I just thought, I was like, what is? It's like, why is Dean there? I have. What, what is he doing here? I have the uh, I have the tweet. I can send yeah, it send to me you. the tweet. Because we we may both I be did right. Write it down, but yeah, yeah. I'm sending you the tweet um, now. But I wonder if it was like a prop that they had used, like a sculpt of his face or an image of his face or something. Um, if it's an intentional Easter egg, if it just so happens to look like him. I mean, it, they had great cheekbones, I'll tell you that much. Shout outs to Cursed or Not. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. That straight up just looks like a picture. That just looks like a picture. That's just a picture of Dean's face. Yeah. The only thing different is that his hair is a little shorter. On, on the like side. a Coke bottle or something, right? Like, am I looking at that? On like, like a, like a. Like a that's almost like a two yeah. liter or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that you say that, it's not. It's it's an image on like a two liter of Coke. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm also just noticing that um, Kirsten not follows us on Twitter, so there's all, <laughs> but there's a significant chance that we could literally be talking about her right now while she's listening. So shout outs yeah. to you, <laughs> Tiffany. For... But that's Dean. There, there's that's, no, that's Dean. there's no way around it. Whether it's just a, a quirky little fun thing. Somebody had like an image of his face and they put it on something, you know, I don't know. Or that's a hundred percent. There's no way that that's not Dean. A theory that I like a whole lot is that if this whole place is filled with things that we refuse to let go of, um, this is a representation of us as the viewer wanting Dean back in the show. 
just really just uh, wanting wanting to have more Dean, <laughs> which I think is uh, very funny. Which, ouch! <laughs> I'm sorry. Ouch. Was that a little too real? Too real for a Thursday no. afternoon? <laughs> Do you remember? Because I I kind of forgot. I uh, how how hard I cried. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like I sobbed my fucking brains out, dude. It was un. It was supernatural. It was supernatural. You were uh, um, like, I remember you texting me during the finale, and just like, uh, just like I can't, like I'm not, like, and, and that persisted for like hours <laughs> until we yeah. recorded. Because honestly, you... it was days. I was like in a fog, and then <laughs> and so I couldn't even like I couldn't even like unpack the episode. It took me a while, and I think we did talk on like you know bonus episodes, and I finally got to unpack it, mm-hmm. and then I was ready to like move away from supernatural for a while. But in that. that that, like week that <laughs> that day especially i could not believe it it's like the middle of the day i took my lunch break to watch it and i'm just fucking sobbing my eyes out i was doing some uh some monster of the week vanity searching and uh and i won't say where uh, but i saw some people talking about our coverage of the finale um and specifically oh. talking about like uh how they responded to you crying about it because like they they hated the finale as it aired and had like come to terms with it um and then like something about hearing you like just honestly like basically sob about it on air like on that podcast was like kind of unlocked mm-hmm. something for them like oh like this this felt like i can't remember the exact words they use so apology person who is probably not even listening to this but uh they, they felt like i guess not validated that's not that but they felt like a release from it a little bit like it was like oh yeah. this is this allowed me to put this to bed like all of the bad feelings i had i can just let go of that i can still enjoy the show regardless of the finale uh, because Chris cried over it. <laughs> it was really yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. It was very complicated for me. I had to come to terms with a lot of things. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, a, it was an emotional time for all of us. Uh, we cut over anyway. to uh, Ford, <laughs> who is um, eating. You okay? You want to? Do you need to get yeah. some stuff out? Oh uh, yeah. No, the tears are coming back. No. Um, yeah, Ford's chilling. He's eating fucking burgers or whatever the hell. Mary's putting hex bags all over the house. And you can tell that they're old-timey hex bags because they stink. And we never got any mention of um, <laughs> modern day detail. hex bags being stinky. When John walks in and and Ford is just like, what is that? And I'm like, is John wearing like funky 70s cologne or something? Like, what is he What is he yeah. wearing? Um, I, 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 I like this. This is the first time we've been in Mary's house. Um, or the, the the Campbell house, and it's fascinating to me that like it's really fucking nice because mm-hmm. in our experience with hunters, they just they live and work out of wet pipe factories or garages or uh, broken down houses with ghosts in the top floor yeah. uh, with no bathrooms. Um, so it's it's interesting to see this like really nice house with stained glass windows and well taken care somebody's of somebody's parents had money exactly that's all i'm yeah. saying they've they've always they, somebody is is killing monsters for money is what i guess was what i'm saying yeah samuel you dog <laughs> uh, um ford doesn't uh john reassures ford that they're going to go find his sister and uh but ford doesn't want to just stay put he wants to come help him he wants to come help find her it was his responsibility to to help his his sibling and now he wants to go on to a hunt and uh, and find her. Which uh, boy, they're just gonna they're just gonna hit us on every single possible angle on the supernatural themes with the, of the show, yeah. right? Like, oh damn, a brother trying to take care of their younger sibling. Hmm. Huh. Now they're gonna have to go deal with a monster. Hmm. Pain, pain. In my heart. In my, in my heart, it is. In my heart, it is more likely than we think. Uh, Mary says, "Hey, you can help, but you have to keep a secret." And she entered, and she says that. Uh, they take care of things like this, uh, like this is their job. They have a club, and he says, like a monster club? 
which is a very cute thing. Please protect these, this, child, yeah. this child. Um, he, he immediately wants to join. He offers to make jackets and patches. Uh, it's very cool. Um, but he is kind of suspicious. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. Him and this is when him and Mary do like their little uh, cool person handshake. Um, you ever had a cool oh, person yeah. handshake with any of your friends? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still remember it to this day. Actually, me, me too. I've had that's happened to me like one time with like two guys, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was in like sixth grade, and then like every once in a while we'd like see each other and be like, "You still remember that?" We would both still remember it. It was perfect. Funny. Yeah, yeah. If that's the only thing that bonds you to a person. Like if you guys have nothing else in common, but you can still do the secret handshake. I think that's dope. I think that's super cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, switch over to Carlos and Ada, who are on a stakeout. Uh, Carlos is bored, but comments that the DJ is, is rocking some hot tunes. Uh, and meanwhile, yeah. Ada is just like trimming up on a bonsai tree. Uh, and, you know, Carlos is kind of like, oh my God, this is the worst part of hunting. And then immediately uh, they get attacked by a demon. Uh, this is- and he's like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I love Carlos so much, man. Their words cannot express just how fun he is yeah. as a hunter. Uh, it feels like... We've had, and I, I'm I'm struggling to remember any of the names, but like Supernatural had some guest hunters every once in a while that would be like super cool, and you were just like, why don't they do the fucking show about them? <laughs> Those guys yeah, are great. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're not they're not keeping secrets from each other at all. Um, it's just it's nice to see that that Carlos has a lot of character, and um, but is, he isn't just one note. You know, he's not just always the guy who's bored out of his mind uh, and, and wants to kill something. There, he's had conflicts and stuff. So it is good to, that they're playing with these characters. Also, like Ada, like she's like the bookworm. She almost like I didn't know she was going to be part of the main squad, but now we're learning in this. Like she, Ada's like cold as ice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like she's like she's very driven to get done or to to, to learn more and um and to push back. And it, that's very cool. Yeah, like we're going to learn from the steam in just a minute. Like one of the things that she wants to do is become a witch, right? Like that's she's yeah. that's the reason yeah. that she studies all this occult stuff. Um. Meanwhile, uh, Carlos and this demon start fighting. Carlos gr- brings out the squirt gun, shoots him with the holy water, but this dude kind of shrugs it off. He's a little bit more of a powerful demon than the last one. Uh, they they fight it out a little bit more, and Carlos just tries again, being very funny, and I thought that was yeah. good. Um, <laughs> the fight continues. Ada opens the door to the back of the van, and Carlos throws him in. Uh, and, of course, Carlos, being Carlos, has a, a devil's trap painted in his van. Um, it's not just a cool backdrop for when you bring people back to the bang van. Uh, bang van's not very, a very good expression. To the love van. Let's do the love van. I, I think it was. I think it's the bang bus you're thinking of. Oh no, Chris! I don't <laughs> want anybody to go into the devil's trap bang bus. That sounds terrible. Um, um, oh god, devil's trap bang bus. What are we doing today? We need to. Uh, we need to recenter ourselves somehow. We need to go. We, like, we need to go do some meditation and like a cleanse, and then come back and finish this podcast. Yeah. I swear to God. Cleanse. So what they're going to do is take that demon to a second location, mm-hmm. and they're going to interrogate them. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the, I was going to say back at the lab, back at the bunker, back at the hideout, wherever the hell we are, um, they are just, they show the fabric of the, the the burlap bag. They show that to Lata, who has identified it. It's from North India, and it's over a thousand years old. So, you know, not something that they can easily um pick up on somewhere and she believes that this is part of a, an old story about a bori baba which is essentially a boogeyman um and it finds things that people have lost and then lures them in by like returning that thing to them um she does tell us that we might have a little bit of time because if the you know legends are true then this thing likes to play with its food and it doesn't just instantly kill them, which if more monsters just instantly killed their victims, um, 
you know, there wouldn't be any time for these hunters to come in with their heroics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these monsters really got to step up their game a little bit, Chris. That's what I think we need to do. For sure. Um, for sure. There's some there's some interesting information in here too because uh, Lada reveals that this it's it's from North India, not far from where she is born. Um, so she has kind of a connection to this. Her her dad used to read her stories that kind of terrified her even today. Um, I think it's kind of a ham-fisted line here. It was like her dad, he, she talks about her dad reading her stories about this. And she's like, I have nightmares still today. And I'm like, no, you don't. Not from a story. I'm no. sorry. No, you don't. No, no you don't. <laughs> you hunt monsters. Like, I don't know. You're not, you're not that false. afraid of, yeah, of a boring false. Baba. You're better. You're, I know you're more well-adjusted than yeah, 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 yeah. You, you seem way too stable to be having nightmares every night a lot. That's all I'm saying. Um... <laughs> They. This is where Mary starts becoming suspicious of, like, you know, we had a Colombian, uh, uh, shit. What was the the tree monster from the last episode? Uh, we had a we had a Colombian supernatural event like last week. Now we have a, something from North India. Why are these popping up in near near Kansas? Like, what is going on? Uh, yeah. And could it be related to the Akrita, our our big bad of of uh, presumably the show, the season? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter what, we have to. Uh, we have to figure out how to kill the boy Baba. So John's like, Hey, why don't you just call your parents and see what they, what they think if they know any lore. And we learned that, uh, Mary says that Leda's parents have been dead here, that they died years ago. Everyone's like, John, she's a hunter. Do you think she has parents? Yeah, I mean, like, how many times are you going to have to learn this lesson, John? <laughs> like, maybe just ask, you know, Hey, do you know anybody that knows any more lore? <laughs> yeah. 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 She tells us her parents are dead, which, uh, spoilers, that's a lie. <laughs> Dude, if they make Lada go bad, I will riot. Lada is perfect. She's amazing. If if they Lada's gonna go dark side or something, dude. I, th- I you. need I need uh plot armor for these two that gives them fifteen years worth of dying and resurrecting and coming back and always mm-hmm. being there mm-hmm. and, and, and loving everybody. Ever just I don't if something happens to these two, I don't really care about John and Mary. I'll be honest with you. Like Mary's nice. Well, well we know that their lifespans are actually very short. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess we do have some knowledge that they're gonna die in like they'll be dead 10 in years. ten. Yeah, so. we've got ten seasons of the show, I guess. This is what we're yeah, um, yeah. But dude, imagine if the season like or series finale is Yellow Eyes coming in and um, amazing, killing Mary. And, and uh, that would amazing. it'd be fucked up, but also kind of cool. I I think it would be like especially if they refilmed it with the actors. Like yeah. imagine that experience of like just doing that and then ending. Like if they wanted to end the show on that, that would be fucking absurd and amazing. Like I, I'm I'm a hundred percent in for, in for that. Um, I, I mean, they probably they might. They might. They could. That could be the plan, dude. Who knows? Good. Yeah. Uh, back at Mary's, Ford starts getting a little bored, like kids do. Uh, and because they don't have um, Xboxes in 1972, he just goes outside. Um, dude, imagine being 10 years old not having an Xbox. Dude, what, what do you do with your time? <laughs> what do you do? Go hunt skeletons with sticks yeah. in the woods? It's fucking lame, bro. Yeah. I know, like a huge portion of our audience does not play video games, nor um, or they were too old to have an Xbox when they were. 10. even i was but imagine growing up without an xbox like what do you do yeah i'm trying to remember Drugs? when i got my nintendo <laughs> like my first video game console and i don't yeah. i don't remember how old i was i guess i could look it up like zelda was out so i don't know i don't know imagine being 10 and not having an xbox it's fucked up it's fucked just up. fucked up it's fucked Kids up these days. Me. yeah uh. <laughs> yeah so anyway, what was he doing kicking rocks or something what is, what is this little boy doing kicking rocks um and he is uh, oh he, he hears a knock at the door <laughs> yeah so he goes and investigates um he sees the bag at uh, the bag appears uh and he when he looks in he sees a uh i thought at first this was a ribbon i think it's like a a, a beret or something like a like a little clip, like a, hair hair, clip. Like a hair a clip. clip um 
and then of course the hand grabs and pulls him down uh and then a very goofy bit of cgi like the bag poofs out from one frame to the next yeah it's very funny uh, i think i think we're misidentifying it as a bag um i feel it more appropriate to call it a sack, a sack. <laughs> this is a sack absolutely uh mary and john arrive to find uh ford gone um yeah and this is when Betty knocks at the door and we have this kind of weird moment where John is like pretending that the kid is there and okay. Uh, and that Mary isn't there. And like, she just looks over at Mary's car and she's like, no, they walked. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, yeah, sure, dude, whatever. This is just, this is huge Sam Winchester energy. He just like, doesn't know what to do with his whole body when he talks to a woman. No clue. Um, yeah. Um, Mary, but, yeah, Mary, but they do actually have a conversation here. Yeah. Uh, Mary finds the, we see her, um, go through the back door, find the scrap of the bag and realize what happens. And then we switch over to John and Betty um, and she reminds them that they had a deal that even though they didn't leave things like great when he left to go to Vietnam to find his dad, which is okay. Um, they, <laughs> when he got back, was he in Nam? Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what made you think? What that? made you think? Anyway, <laughs> what made you suspect your father was in Vietnam? <laughs> when he got back, he was going, they were going to talk. Um, and John's like, Hey, things got super complicated. Uh, she calls him Johnny during this conversation, and I do not like that. Do not, I don't yeah, like she Johnny, Johnny Witch, earlier Winchester. Too, think, yeah. Don't, don't, don't appreciate that at all. Um, uh, I don't know why I'm so anti-nicknames on this podcast, Chris. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> did you, did you ever have to have a traumatizing nickname? I talked about how I dodged a bullet with Topher, but did you have any? Um, Autumn would sometimes, um, as a term of endearment, call me Jerbear. I mean, that's fine. It's, that's no, no, just... and it's cute. But then she did it in front of my coworkers once. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of these goofy motherfuckers. I was Jer Bear for yeah. a while, yeah. which it's it's not as endearing yeah. when it's not with, from the the woman that you love and you know that you share life with. <laughs> when it's just from yeah. My, the uh... guy that sells stuff at your company, it's not it's not as fun. Yeah. My little cousins would call me Kika because they couldn't pronounce uh, Christopher when they were like really little. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like you know Chris is Chris is fine. Christopher, you did that's you are that's too much for anybody. You could have just done. Chris, but no, nah, Kicker was fine. Kicka's I was okay good. with that. They still call me that a little bit. Um, I used to. Uh, um, cute. There, some some of my online Australian friends would call me Jezza from time to time, which I guess is the like abbreviation okay. from Jeremy in in the okay. south part of the world. I would just hit you with the J. Uh, I mean, I usually just call you Jeremy, but if I hit you with anything, it's just J. J is fine too. I, I get J. Uh, I fucking love Jezza. <laughs> like I always thought that was the coolest thing just- in the world. <laughs> and you can't give yourself nicknames, but I was just like, I wanted this. I was yeah. respond immediately. If someone added me and said Jezza, blah blah blah, I'd be respond immediately. I'm like trying to yeah. train the behavior and everybody um <laughs> but i can't but it's not like i can change my twitter handle to jessa greer right yeah, like that yeah, wouldn't that, that, that feels well, like you could do it could be your alt co- account for posting funny bits I've, I've got one of those it's called at local bones <laughs> yeah oh, all right. perfect 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 um John says, "Like, hey, I'm 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 way too busy to deal with like you as a person, but I don't have any hard feelings." And she's like, "Okay, see you later. I don't need to work. Look at that kid. <laughs> don't yeah. don't worry about it. All right, I trust you. Bye." Uh, John goes back into the house and he and he hears Mary calling out to him, uh, and he goes into a room that has a a C- very confused a C- by all a CB radio, uh, yeah. and she says that she's in Carrie's room, and uh, she basically lays this out we don't know how people get out but we know how to get in and john realizes what she's about to do she's about to wish so hard that she's gonna summon the monster go into its lair and save those kids um and she ends this as over john's protest by saying you found me once john winchester i have faith you'll find me again uh and then like we get some cool music playing i forgot to write down the name of the song Mm -hmm, don't remember mm -hmm. what it is now but it's cool uh 
uh, I even wrote a line of the song down in my notes. That's weird. Wow. <laughs> Why wow. did I do that? The serpent came into your mind and you know it. What are you doing, Jeremy? Past, oh. past Jezza. What is Whoa. up with these notes? Past Jezza. <laughs> yeah, when you refer to yourself in the past, you, that, you can be Jezza. I can be Jezza in the past? Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. If I can't yeah. be him in the present, I'll be him in the past. <laughs> The past is getting longer every day. You know what I mean? I def- um, brother, brother, do I? Um, <laughs> the back. She pulls out a hat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Samuel's hat. We saw it in the first episode. Yeah. Which is great. She looks great in it. <laughs> she looks fucking. The rest of this episode, this chick is so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. I love the casting She's... of Mary of Mary Campbell. I'm pretty this. sure she was carrying a machete, but I, all I saw was a sword. <laughs> it's just fucking so. cowboy hats and swords for the rest of the episode. It's yeah. fucking baller. <laughs> Um, John, we see this, we see this, like, cause this is kind of a, a musical montage moment where, um, John is like racing over there to get her before she does this. And this dude has, I know he's like eight and a half feet tall, but he jumps a nine foot fence, like flat footed. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, whoop, yeah. he's just up there. Yeah. Um, he really is Sam Winchester's daddy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Mary wakes up in, in the fabric storage shed, the supernatural storage building and, uh, puts on the hat. Uh, it looks fucking dope. Extremely cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then we. That's sw- why she's reluctant to burn it. She's like, I can let I can let go of the metaphor, but this hat looks dope <laughs> on me. I never realized how good I would look in it. I don't want to get rid of it. I am. I'm okay with just, the metaphor. Like, like, there's no tag. I don't know where he got it. I can't go and get another one. Like, <laughs> do I have to burn it? Can I have a different metaphor to burn, please? Autumn's been doing this, um, like western dressage stuff. So she's been like dressing up in the kind of cowboy attire. I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she ordered. I bet it's way cooler when she does it than when I do. A hundred percent. Um, when she and she got this like cowboy hat and it was like this like real real dark crushed velvet and it had like little bits of not glitter but like silver in it almost uh, and it's it was it's a beautiful hat and she ordered it um, and it's like a custom hat right uh, and it came in with the wrong yeah. size like it wasn't big enough um, and so she like called the person like oh well, we have a different one we have one more that's a different size that we can send you but if this one doesn't work we can't take it back like you have to keep the hat she's like okay i'll try um and the hat was i think too big this time around like it was one of those like horrible situations and uh yeah like she was really i think we still have the hat and she's like or maybe she gave it to my sister because it was a really dope hat but uh yeah just a, a bummer all around bummer all around yeah i've been i've been i've been struggling with that nothing is as fancy but it's hard for me to fit a fit a hat on this big old dome but you want to buy like a baseball hat it's a struggle um yeah you, you're not I, you're not finding a fitted cap unless you're going to a tailor you know what i'm saying yeah no and my dome is humongous let me tell you <laughs> i can tell from over here i can tell on discord i can tell my neck hurts because i'm just <laughs> and it's empty it's just all bone in there i've got back problems is what i'm saying <laughs> back problems you think your back's bad <laughs> try carrying around a big old head of bone anyway no thank what you what the fuck what are we talking about it's happening um all right so she's she's dealing with stuff in um storage world meanwhile Carlos and Ada, they have the demon trapped in a field. This is sketchy. This is like some um, execution shit. Like, this is bad. This is looking bad for this demon. And this demon, of course, is talking shit about how Ada wants to be a witch and blah, blah, blah. You're never going to be good enough. We, I've been in your head or my partner was in your head and then he made fun of you. He was texting me making fun of you. Um, he was a hater and so am I. <laughs> and Ada and Carlos, what's texting? What are you talking about? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Um... But Ada is like, oh, by the way, guys, by the way, Carlos, did you know that demons can apparently possess trees also? <laughs> and I've just so happened to have this little bonsai tree right here. 
this is this is great. Um, she says they can possess all living things, not just humans. And we saw this. Like Supernatural has a, a precedent for this when Crowley uh, possessed the rat uh, before Lucifer killed him, mm, mm. Um, which I just pulled out of my ass. I can't believe I remember a very small detail about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like we have some precedent for this. The tree thing is super new, and I think just fascinating, endlessly fascinating to me because like the idea of a demon possessed tree that can't see or hear or talk can't really do anything but like what trees do which is just grow like i would like i want to see this tree over 100 years right like i want to yeah, like you know it's funny because we think like oh this is this is a worse fate than hell but maybe not i mean it could be maybe it, maybe maybe there's a real glory and, and nobility to being a tree you just photosynthesize <laughs> dude you're soaking up the sun oh maybe God. this demon will finally find peace and 100 years from now they finally like remove the devil's trap and he comes out and he's just a pure soul and he's like i've been cured by this tree. i've been cured by the tree the bonsai got me got me loose um he would it would be like 15 minutes later and he'd be back on the human killing sauce though you know you know demons can't, can't, for sure, can't withhold for sure demons yeah, yeah. they had yeah yes. they, but it's certainly it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting idea, and she kind of holds it up as a threat, and then it seems like, okay, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just – we're going to ask you questions about what you know, what, who are you guys working for, what's the deal with the box. Um, essentially, these two demons had turned over to the side of the Akrita once they realized how powerful the Akrita were. They took a deal, uh, broke away from hell. The Akrita leader is hiding amongst them as a, as a human, as a woman. Um, but he doesn't know really anything else beyond that. They were just hired to get this box because this box is very powerful. That's the one weapon that they really have against the Akrita. Although he does mention that it's not powerful enough to really do anything. Um, and then he's like, okay, well, I told you all I know. So exercise me. And they don't. Ada is no. like, no, I'm just going to finish the spell. Um, she cuts her finger with some really dodgy CGI. Uh, but the scene where like the blood is going onto the salt line or the, the spell work she did is, is super cool. Um, yeah, the CGI kind of like looked so bad that I wondered, like, is that an actual practical effect? Did it just, looks really <laughs> it just looks so off. Uh, but yeah, Ada sends this dude into a tree. Uh, I'm going to like, I feel like towards the end of the episode, they, they they're going to frame this as like, she's so she has PTSD from being possessed and like she's taking revenge or whatever. And I, I'm, I, I'm, it's fine that they're dealing with that issue, but like they show her like, like pulling off like pieces of the tree or mm -hmm. whatever, like presumably torturing the demon that's inside it. Um, and I, I hate that because this is such a cool thing. And I like, how awesome would it be if you like, if you walked into a witch's house and they had like 10 bonsai trees on the wall and you're like, yeah. Oh. yeah. And you would know, you, <laughs> you would, know. would just like, they, like they if you know, you know, trees. like it would be fucking dope. Like, and I like this, like yeah. d we're not going to deal with demons fairly, which is something that I'd always frustrated me. Like, Oh no, we have to, we have to, we have to treat them. We have to treat with them on their own terms. Like Ada was just like, no, no, I'm going to do this. If you don't tell me everything. And the guy told her everything and she did it anyway. Fucking baller. I love it. Yeah. No, no questions. Baller move. It's a baller move. I like that. We were, nobody's just like a goody two shoes on this team. Maybe, maybe Mary and John will be the goody two shoes, but everybody else I think is going to have uh, a little bit more uh, shades of gray in their character, which is always fun. Uh, we go back to the clubhouse. Uh, John is thinking that maybe he should summon the Bori Baba so he can go in and save Mary. Uh, Lada's like, Lada's like, yeah, cause that worked out so fucking great the last two times yeah that, that's not a good plan uh and john becomes very desperate and says a line here that is just really resonated with me like he says well like none of this works without mary i need her mm -hmm. um and it's it's interesting to me 
again, like how they are characterizing specifically John and Mary, who we are so familiar with from the original show and seeing this amount of desperation. I made a joke earlier, that like John doesn't have hobbies. He, he just has obsessions. Uh, but I feel like that's kind yeah. of what they're leaning for. Like he's had this like thing about finding his father. Um, and now like he's still trying to find his father, but it's almost like his identity is getting sucked up into this chase for Mary's father and hunting monsters. And like, I can't, yeah. like, I can't do this. None of this works without Mary. I need her here to, to, to do this. It's filling the void. He doesn't have to think about his own shit because he can, he can just help Mary. He can focus on her. He can obsess over this whole situation. Um, there is a part of it that's like, you know, sort of romantic. Like if this was a married couple, if this was like 10 years down the road. Yeah. If they had known each other longer than like six this, days. <laughs> Yeah, then you would go be like, you know, oh, he loves her so much. And and that was almost sort of the dynamic throughout Supernatural um, was just these characters who will do anything for each other. And so, of course, they I think they want to get that element back very quickly with this. Um, but yeah, you know, pop the brakes just a tiny bit, John, just a little bit, just for your own sanity. I also, I think it's really interesting because it gives us a context for what John did when Mary dies, right? Um, he, he, he his True. His entire support system was gone. Um and again, it doesn't, at least it hasn't yet, and this is like the really fine line that I think the show is going to have to walk in regards to John's character, giving reasoning for what he did, showing us like glimpses of that desperation, of that neediness. Um, I don't even know if, I, I, don't, I don't even know if we can call it codependent when the other person doesn't count. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how is that it works. just like, you know, but it doesn't, is, is he, yeah, go ahead. Is he never dealing with the shit? You know, does he have PTSD that he hasn't dealt with? Does he, does he have dad stuff that he hasn't dealt with because he focused it all on Mary? And then we realize that's what it's going to lead to is then Mary dies. And then he becomes a, just a complete, you know, unhinged person because he spent all these years not dealing with it. And then he pushes all that shit onto his sons because he yeah. still can't deal with it. You know, And it goes back to um, your point with like how they're making these characters a lot more gray than I think they did in the main TV show and the original show. Because, like, again, this this gives us, like, the foundation for what John does at, in season, like, in the future. Uh, but it doesn't mm-hmm. justify it. It doesn't excuse it. It doesn't, like, apologize for it. And, right. and that's the line that I'm, like, eyeing them. <laughs> like, like a cop yeah. giving a DUI <laughs> test. I'm, like, making sure you're walking yeah. that line. Because yeah. I think that there's an interesting conversation to be had about it. Um, but at the same time, like, you can't really argue that the shit that he did to those boys is, is was right at all. Like there's nothing that he did <laughs> that was right about that. You just shouldn't do it. Like, and to have this be a generational thing, is really fascinating to me um, for them to be yeah, talking about definitely. it on episode three is fucking nuts to me. Cause I'm so used to supernatural <laughs> yeah. saving this kind of stuff for like the penultimate episode or the or finale of the season or something. I think if this is going to be a 13 uh, episode season and they all are i think that the show could benefit from it you know i think later supernatural we definitely felt like shorter seasons would have been better um so maybe the storylines will be stronger everything has has at least been like uh there's been details in previous episodes that lead into future episodes even just the betty comment even the maggie comment Mm -hmm. little things like that that come up later that make them feel like a more cohesive part of a of a whole which which is always good um back to the episode john has an idea Hey, uh, if that thing um, y- creates objects that people want, maybe it created a CB radio. <laughs> and I don't, bizarre. Okay, <laughs> sure, supernatural Winchesters. I'm sorry, sure the Winchesters. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like Lada's, like, I mean, it can't hurt, I guess. Uh, and wonder of all wonder, it works. Uh, as Mary, um, I don't know that we mentioned Barry found the kids at some point. Um, Oh no, we, we skipped a whole fucking scene, dude. I'm so sorry. 
Um, oh, it's okay. Yeah, she's she's running around in there. And so do we do the scene where she cuts lots the... of calls home? Or no, not yet. We haven't done yet. that yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're running around away from the monster. Mary shows up and saves the kids, Carrie and Ford. Um, she cuts the monster's like head off, mm-hmm. but then it still gets back up. So they have to run and hide in a different storage unit because again. Where we are in a um, in a storage facility. I uh, there's the line here when she rushes over to Ford and Carrie and she says, "Are you okay?" And Ford says, "No, Monster Club sucks." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the life, my bro. <laughs> welcome yeah. to the fucking yeah. life." Uh, yeah. Mary is able to hear John calling. Um, they go to a different shed where she finds the correct CB. Um, uh, maybe we did skip a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, lo- so this is a, the lot of scene now where she calls home. She's getting some information. John isn't hearing her, and but we see her say, tell mom I'm safe. That's all she needs to know. So now we realize that I, I interpreted this as Lada is speaking to her father about, and, and then she mentions the comment about her mother. Maybe it wasn't her father, but we know for sure at least her mom is still alive. So she lied about that. Um, so she's got some family history going on there. Um, but they don't spend any time dwelling on it because she just goes over to John and she says, hey, the Bori Baba, it's very vulnerable outside of its sack. I think that you could say that for a lot of people. Yep. Um, same, same boy, Baba. <laughs> but, but if they kill it, everything inside of it will be destroyed. Yes. And the only way for them to be freed from it is for them to willingly let go of whatever they lost in order to get out of there. Yes. Um, and that's when John grabs the radio. He calls in, he radios into the sack and um, they can hear it inside for some reason because the CB radio thing, it's such a bizarre little twist. It would have made more sense for john to be like okay well now i have to go in there now i have to to go, go into the sack yeah. because I, then i can deliver the information but no we've set up this whole thing about cb radios for some reason so he radios in um he, he tells them the information because they're able to just quickly go and deal with it and um the, these two kids are incredible because mary starts to try to explain <laughs> to them hey uh all right well you're gonna have to like give up this thing that you came in and the little girl's like no fucking problem <laughs> fuck this teddy bear <laughs> she has had enough i am done yeah, i am putting enough. away childish things like, these kids are so strong i love it dude i he, love it the, the kid is like oh yeah no sweat i'm done no, I'm no big deal whatsoever this is just done and not only is that funny but it, then it also leads into this great parallel with Mary when she goes to burn the hat and the fire literally like resists the hat. It won't go. It, it won't even touch it. Yeah. It. Um, and she's like, damn it, but it is a dope hat. <laughs> it's a really dope hat. I don't want to do it. Um, and this is where we get kind of a, an extended conversation between John and Mary where John says, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, you letting go of your dad. Uh, maybe it's letting go of the search for him or maybe it's, it's what yeah. comes after. Um, and, he thinks that that might be the thing. He said, you know, when I asked you what you would do after you found your dad, you couldn't even look me in the eyes. Um, and that's when Mary confesses like, Hey, if I find my dad, I'm going to quit hunting. And that's literally all that I have. Uh, and she says this line, I'm not mm-hmm. like you. I don't have anything else. If I give up hunting, I don't know who I am. Um, and that's interesting coming from Mary. Uh, and it makes me think that they're really going to, like, cause we find out so late in supernatural that Mary is a hunter. Like that's, it's not a, yeah. it's something that wasn't really there at the beginning, I think is an idea, but them like making these two really fucking like 
I hate to say dependent on one another, but like, yeah. like, hey, I, you know, sh- sh- he's already looking at her like this doesn't make sense without you, and she's looking at this like I'm not like you. I don't have anything else. Like looking to him to provide something for her, even, um, even if that's not what she's saying. Like I, I wonder if that's what the show is building us to. Um, and yeah, and John's like, hey, you gotta, you just have to figure it out. You just have to take a step. Uh, just let the hat burn. Just let go, and just you know, do one thing. And we can get another hat. <laughs> we can buy John at this point, actually not getting the metaphor at all. It's just like, it's just a it's hat. Just what a, what are you doing? Uh, What's the big deal? Barry, it's just a hat. I would have actually, it would have been a really funny scene. And we obviously have to set up John and Mary, but if like Lotta was like, like he was just saying like, just burn the hat, move the lighter closer. And Lotta was like, what if it's a metaphor? And John's like, shut up, Lotta. I'm working over shut here. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Meta what? Uh, yeah. Uh, finally, it works. Uh, as the monster approaches her, the, the hat burns. Mary is zapped back into the room, uh, rushes over to the kids. Uh, everybody's happy until, surprise, the bag appears behind them and uh, the the um, Bori Baba jumps out. Uh, Lada, mm-hmm. like, shoves it against the wall and John yeah. is able to cut yeah. its head off, which is pretty dope. Uh, and then we have this another wonderful moment where Carrie runs over and stomps on its head and says, stupid monster. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> Don't, I hope these kids are like I know kids are expensive in any production, but they're next door neighbors. We got to see yeah. them by the finale. I want to see them one yeah, more just time. Just just a cameo every once in a while. <laughs> this could be the Wayward Sisters for the Winchesters. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, carrying forward. Yeah, five years from now, these actors will be older. Yeah, so. yeah. Or you could replace them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Game of Thrones just aged up their characters like five times a season. Okay, you can do you whatever can do, you want. You, you, there's there's no limits in television. Uh, Big Rig Mama finally has made it home. Uh, she's glad that her kids are safe. Uh, Betty is there, uh, kind of thanking John for his help. Uh, and John has kind of given them like a, oh, she was out walking around and we found her kind of deal. Uh, yeah. Betty doesn't pay attention to any of that because um, she's brought him something. Uh, and yeah. it's a ring, very obviously an engagement ring. Uh, and she gives it back to John. And um, John says, hey, you made the right call. We were We were way too young. And they kind of agree to be friends. We get the idea that John obviously proposed, she said no, and then he ran off to Vietnam. Yeah, John Winchester becoming obsessed, as usual. <laughs> John jumping the gun a little bit. I can't believe it. I can't believe John's going off half-cocked to do anything. Yeah. Um, I, I I enjoy this little subplot. I, I don't care about it too much, to be honest with you. I don't care about it. It is very sweet, and, and I'm sure she's going to be showing up, you know, um, from time to time. But, yeah, it was just... I guess again, it just it, it adds another layer to John to show like, hey, is there were things that were happening? He gave up a relationship to go to war, I guess because he thought his dad was a numb. Um, and now, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's next for John? Yeah, we we still don't understand why or anything. Um, it's uh, I think the main reason I don't really care about this is because if there's going to be a, like a love triangle, I just want it to be with Carlos. <laughs> like I don't I don't need I don't yeah. I don't need Betty involved in this whatsoever. I just yeah. I just want Lada to be rolling her eyes over those three crazy kids constantly. Yeah, take a seat, Betty. Um, what happens? Mary comes up. John very quickly hides the ring. Um, I made the joke that Ford wants to make Monster Club jackets, but I think that's when it this actually comes in that's when she says it um mary tries to talk and john kind of stops and is like hey you did all of the hard part you don't have to explain yourself to me yeah Uh, and then mary says like hey i'm just gonna go to the movies uh and i think we get more music as uh she yeah i was like oh they're gonna go on a date that's cute. no she's going to the movies by herself um i was quite wrong (laughs) as she's paying for her ticket she's a dime short and a uh a dude that looks very much like john winchester (laughs) steps up yeah some dude, some guy, and is like, "Hey, 
I like to watch movies alone too. Do you want to watch them alone together? And she's like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And I don't like this either. I don't like this just like I don't like Betty because neither one of these people are Carlos. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how we didn't even care about the um, John Merrick relationship. And suddenly we're like, we need to have other love interests off the table unless they're Carlos. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want them to be making eyes at anybody but Carlos. Lada, maybe. I could I could see a case for Lada, yeah. but honestly, like she might be like a, a crazy demon at this point. I, I don't know what's happening with Lada. I hope she's dark side. I hope she goes dark side. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, in, this is good for Mary. She's She is letting go of something. You know, mm-hmm. she's releasing something and letting herself just like have a normal evening out. Um, and that's good. That's good for her. Um, we go back to the clubhouse uh, where John and Lada are clinking beers. Carlos and Ada show up um, and reveal the information they found. Whoever the Secreta leader is, she's, she's terrifying demons. Um, and then we do a cut to Rockin' Roxy, the DJ that Carlos was listening mm. to uh, earlier that day. Um, who is DJing some dark and dangerous sounds in Kansas. Uh, and the camera slowly pans up. We see her hand, which is full of the rings that we saw in the last episode. Uh, and she is a redheaded leather kind of biker chick. Um, how are you going to have a redheaded evil chick and not to be Rowena? Like, again, you can't... You can't... Well, yeah, we had, and then there was there was Abaddon, who also, also redheaded, red-headed and wore a leather jacket. Yeah. Um, um, but this is Rockin' and Roxy. And Men of Letters. Which uh, is, yeah. a, is a... I assume this is a different character. They just like making redheads the bad guys. Sure. Um, we see... We get another music uh, montage while John, like, burns the uh, Bori Baba bag. Yeah, it took me a minute to realize what he was burning. I was like, is this dad's shit? I was like, oh, it's the monster. And then my favorite little guys show up, the yeah, little scorpion guys. The little scorp dogs. These guys are great. I love them. Yeah, uh, they yeah. show up and like steal part of the bag to bring it back to Rock and Roxy so she can suck the magic out of it, uh, which is yeah. very cool. Uh, we see we see Mary and her, her movie date leaving the theater, uh, being a little bit flirty. Uh, we see Ada... I don't know why I'm fucking saying names weird. Ada. Ada. Just picture, just picture um, Leon Kennedy screaming Ada's sure. name yeah. in Resident Evil. He goes, Ada, wait! Ada, so wait! whatever you think, you, how would I pronounce it? Just picture him screaming Ada, wait. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> she, we see her pulling off like bonsai tree leaves uh, while Carlos watches. Um, so like, obviously she's she's going through some shit like we mentioned earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Lada is just contemplating the telephone. Like obviously kind of thinking about yeah. calling her family. Uh, and then, yeah, we end it with uh, Rock and Roxy pulling up the magic from the from the bag into one of her special vials. Yeah. Uh, this this cre- this little creature brings her this <laughs> jar. I, I love these little dogs, my dude. This is good. These little, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you could have a little model of one of these guys, you would definitely have one, right? Oh, n- yeah, no question. No question. No question. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, that's it. All right. What do you think? Walked in. Great episode. Yeah. Show is consistent. It does make me want to rewatch Supernatural, um, and I probably won't. I'll probably focus on the Winchesters for now. But it, it is nice to be excited about it again and be reminded of you know the, the little the little things that we loved about it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where the show goes. Yeah, it continues to be just a, a surprise and a delight every week. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this episode again with Autumn. I had uh, we have weird schedules this week, so we weren't able to watch it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like. Again, I'm just I'm so shocked that it's good. I'm just I'm, right, like they had right. like it's a, it's a good cast, it's a good crew. Uh, I've never been on board with the idea or the premise of it since they announced it, and it has steadily won me over episode by episode. Uh, I I gotta go back and listen to our like trailer breakdown or whatever we did. Yeah, because we were so we were negative. so <laughs> negative about it, dude. It was hilarious. We were so bad about it. Um, 
yeah i guess that's it for this episode uh thank you everybody for listening thank you to our patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week thank you for everybody chatting with us on twitter uh talking to us um we'll be back next week with fighter's instinct Ooh. oh god chris actually before we finish this up let me send you this thumbnail oh um, i have to say i do enjoy watching the uh coming attractions the coming attractions the, preview? the previews for the next episode um oh wonderful Did you, so just wonderful uh, just a little picture of is that carlos that's carlos in a fucking like hell fucking yeah naval outfit uniform hell fucking yeah dude, dude. i'm so excited for this um, bye everybody we yeah, need to get that's out wonderful. Here. bye, bye everybody <laughs>
the DVD commentary of like Robert Baratheon oh narrating God. the exact scene Dude. ten years ago. You know, oh that man, was so sick. If I can, if I can find that, I'll put that in the show notes for people because all it is is literally what Chris said is just Robert Baratheon, the actor play that played Robert Baratheon, doing like just narrating the f- final climactic scene of House of the Dragon finale, and it was it's just like it gave me literal chills. Like I was like, oh yeah, I'll really fucking dig yeah. this shit. This is this is great. Yeah. I don't know why you guys it's had so to put sick, so many dude. like scary pregnancy stuff in this story. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know what don't you know. guys were doing. Know. You know, I I was I was quite surprised to find how many women were uh, on the writing team and on the di- directing episodes. So. I'd like to give them all the benefit of the doubt and say that they're trying to tell us something. They're trying to show us something and not just gross us the fuck out. But maybe they're just grossing us the fuck out. Yeah. I, I, you know. Grossing out is the wrong word. It's just extremely intense. Yes. And I think that TV doesn't typically show pregnancy like at all. Um, I think the only other show I've seen, really seen it in is like The Handmaid's Tale, which is also depicted in a very um, harrowing way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's... It's serious stuff. I don't. Oh, I just took a turn here. I just, can we go back to talking about sexy babies? Hey, hey, everybody! It's it's sexy child Jeremy. I'm, as hey, child I'm Jeremy, I got a question as for you. As, as a member of the sexy baby <laughs> yeah. working class, uh-huh. um, is where does boss baby fall on that? Because Fuck indeed, that a baby, Fuck possibly sexy. Bosses suck. You can eat my ass, boss baby. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Boss so I, I definitely nickel. feel like there's a fuck. I take his fucking dimes. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. Burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, a sexy uh-huh. baby and I hate capitalism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. Sure. Uh, so, but what does so what does Taylor have against the sexy baby class? If they hate capitalism, oh well, she's you know she's a person made made her that's where her roots are from. Capitalism. Do we need to start talking about uh, talking Taylor's about. private jets? Do we need to get involved in that conversation? Oh yeah. <laughs> Is that T- how Taylor's chemtrails? Yeah. <laughs> I don't forgot know, about the private jet scandal. Oh yeah, dude, uh, it's a uh, fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. I don't want to pretend to be a sexy baby anymore. That's uh, I felt the whole time I felt mm. we were doing that. I just want mm. you to know that. <laughs> and I feel like mm. these these outtakes are for a podcast that has not that people may not know the origin of, the, of Child Jeremy, and they're gonna have to go. Oh look. sure, yeah, so. yeah. Our continuity is all mixed up again. I was gonna start talking about a video game, but then I thought. That's there's continuity errors all over this. Oh, dude, we're I gotta hold it back. We're crazy right now. It's it's insane. Um, we're tripping. You know what's? Well, know what's crazy? I started that sentence without having anything to say at the end of it. Uh, um, great, good job, <laughs> excellent. You know what's crazy? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Actually, I, I kind of don't want to talk about this on the mic. Now that I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a step back. I don't want to talk about this on the mic. I will, I'm gonna text you later about the, the thing that I was about to say. Um, well, we can finish up the outtakes right now. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not important. Um, I played uh, like 30 minutes of Signalis. Sig- Signalis. I don't know how you say yeah, it. Yeah, that game was cool. Uh, that game is like the first 30 minutes is extremely fucking dope. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It, it, it it's weird to see like that kind of. It's very reminiscent of like Metal Gear Solid One, uh, but it's like running at sixty frames per second, and like the detail is of course like crazy high. So uh, it's it, yeah, the game looks uh, cool. It's like a horror game, kind of right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it seems like it's going to do some weird like body body horror, like am I who I really am kind of stuff. Uh, it's really weird because yeah. I just finished the Lock Tomb, which we had talked about on mm. a podcast that'll be out <laughs> a week from now. <laughs> we talked about it on one of these podcasts, <laughs> um, and it it gives me like similar vibes with some of the stuff that they're doing. Uh, there's no necromancy, and I'm not 100 percent sure that there's lesbians, but I, it's similar vibes. So similar vibes for sure. Um, I have been doing Resident Evil Three speed runs. Okay, and by that I mean uh, just 
doing the like the in-game challenges. I'm not I'm not a speedrunner, but um, I beat it four times this week. The first time, I was being very thorough, and I, and it took me three hours to beat the game. And I thought, well, that was a pretty good time. I feel like if I tried, I could really do it. And yeah, sure enough, I can beat it in like an hour twenty now, um, which is fun. And I've been having having a good time with that. Except I just finished it on nightmare difficulty, and the last boss in that. I don't know if you remember the last boss of the game at all. Mm. Um, but that motherfucker can stun lock you, which isn't something that should happen in a goddamn Resident Evil game. Um, but basically, I take back what I said. I'm kind of a sexy baby, and I'm <laughs> you're not an a ultimate sexy baby. I'm a gross, sexy baby. Um, you're a monster no, on I'm the hill. I'm... You're you're a monster. <laughs> oh on the yeah, like well, it's true. And I'm basically a professional speedrunner now. But all that is to say, someone uh... it made me want. It made me want for us to to stream more Resident Evil because that's always a lot of fun. Someone requested that we do a. Uh... Morgana AMV, Morgana mm-hmm. from Merlin, the podcast, the TV show we're not talking about oh, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Sorry, we're not doing that podcast. Right set now, to uh, vigilante shit that um, sharpen the cat's eye, cat's eye sharp enough to kill a man. I listened, so the first time I listened to that song, and let me tell you, I thought it was the corniest thing I'd ever heard in my fucking life. But I do like it now. I'll just I'll, I'll, okay. I'll spoiler. I do like it now. But that's actually how I feel about a lot of Taylor Swift songs. It's they're just so on on the nose about a lot of stuff. That it's that it can be. It's very. It's just very corny. It's a lot of stuff is very corny, and yet that's what makes it so relatable, right? Corny, she's corny she's, works. She's telling stories, and that's what makes it. That's what. But every every first sweep of a Taylor album, I go, uh, uh-uh, uh, I can't do it. Yeah, and then this I listen is, again. And I go, much. all right, no, this, I like this. Um, Dude, I, uh, I I downloaded. I didn't download because uh, it's not 1998. <laughs> I streamed a new uh, hip hop album today uh, by a dude named uh, Fat Boy Sharif, um, and. I've seen a bunch of people like tweeting about the, like up to the lead up of this album, and I was like, "This is gonna be fucking insane! Like, this sounds like satanic, weird, Ooh. like crazy." This dude's talking about like breaking boundaries. People that I respect and that have like good opinions of hit on hip hop are like talking about how this is gonna like this is a ba- a boundary breaking album. Um, and so this morning, and this just teaches me like the value of you need to be in the right headspace to listen to something for the first time. Uh, yeah. this, this morning I woke up kind of hungover, uh, cause I was at a work conference last night and we, we, we did it up a little bit, uh, and super early, uh, hotel room clock was set 30 minutes ahead for some reason. Stressful. And don't, don't understand why that happened. And then the alarm went off at 5.59 on that clock, but in reality it was 5.30. So uh, aggravating, uh, weirdly like bad, uh, get in the car. I'm like, Oh, it's that fat boy Sharif release day. Let's go check this shit out. Um, it's it's so weird, Chris. <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna like it, but it's just kind of like you just, said. It's not, is it um? Was it it's was not it very corny. normal? <laughs> no, not at all. Like it's not normal at all. Oh, like it's okay, just okay, very. Okay, it, okay. But it's but it, like I don't think it has a beat on it. <laughs> like I don't. I just, or like I'm just. It's like it's like uh, it's you know how when jazz people talk about like oh it's the notes that they didn't play. It's like where this all of the beats that go. Where did they? What are you doing? Oh sure, yeah. sure. It's the beats that he didn't drop. I gotcha. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I need to send you the album cover. Uh, just so you know where like I, what I was thinking about what was about to happen. Um. Yeah, preaching in Havana is the is the name of the album. I just want you to see this. Any album mention cover. of sexy babies on this album, or I I listened to it twice, and no, no sexy babies. No, maybe a third sweep will do it for you. Um, he did talk about Nazi needle marks, which seemed pretty imp- intense. But yeah, that was a. But check out that album cover, dude. But it, did it feel revolutionary to you? Let me check this out. 
checking. Hold on. My texts, like, if I if I have my texts open, so, like, I have my text with Jess open, it does not indicate that there's any other notification or any other text received. In fact, it says, like, just no, no texts. Um, that's what it does now. Thanks, iPhone. Um, okay, yeah, this, I mean, this definitely goes hard. <laughs> that's just fucking baller, man. Uh, it most, it's most definitely goes hard. But I just, like, I feel like, because I've had this experience several times where, like, I've put on an album and I've been like, nah, this ain't it. And then I've listened to it a couple of times and been like, oh shit, this is some of my favorite shit ever. Uh, and I can't tell yeah. which way yeah. this one's going to go. But it, you you reminded me of that when you said the thing about Taylor Swift where you listen to it and you're like, nope. And then you listen to it again yeah. and you ball your eyes out and you talk about how it's you're It's like nine times favorite. out of ten that happens for the Taylor album. And she's she releases a lot of albums. And then she's like, the walking through the park on Saturday with grass in my sandals chapter. And then she releases an EP. Um, and I'm like, that's a long name for an EP. That's just three songs that were already on your album. Uh, no new mixes. She just puts out little collections of songs with really long, obnoxious names. And, uh, I feel like I'm being really negative. I am it a sounds Taylor like, fan. It sounds like you're being a... Chris, uh, but I don't, I, I don't but there's some shit you. that she does that annoys the hell out of me. And the releasing like 12 collections annoys the hell out of me. Because I, I have Apple Music, and they've actually just updated this. But you go to like the new releases section, it would recommend, it brings you the new releases from artists that you've previously listened to. And so it would show me the new Taylor album and then whatever else from, you know, a lot generally a lot of uh, smaller artists. And then she'll release 95... Uh, 40 word EP titles and all of those will bump all these other artists off of my new releases list and it just clogs it up with more Taylor Swift and it's just the same songs released mm. over and over again mm. and I'm sure that the, her intention is not to do that but it always felt a little scummy to me because I'm like why are you re-releasing the same songs again with just different album art I can't it's I, just it's just it doesn't work it doesn't work astonished that you were being a Taylor hater right now I'm a Taylor hater yeah I saw an interview. Have all her albums, her, uh, but... <laughs> why she why she sings uh, uh, to her haters, like why she makes songs to her haters, and she's like, "Well, if they'd ever stop coming yeah. for me, I'd stop singing to them." So I feel like in this, like she kind of ans- asked and answered, like I think she's clogging up your Apple Music stuff on purpose because you're such a hater. Oh, because she's. Hmm. I respect it. I am a hater. She's right. I am a hater. Hmm. I have no. I have no choice but to respect it. And it is Scorpio season. It is have this recording. T- team Team Scorps. We're back in it. I'm. I'm loving it. Hmm. <laughs> That's when I truly embrace my inner hater. Um, but she knows. I mean, she, we, it's me and Tay, we're good. So You're good? It's not a big deal. Um, should we talk about the Winchesters? Yeah, I guess so. We have, <laughs> this is, seems to be so meandering, even more meandering than it usually is. I don't know what's wrong yeah. with this today. Are we going to be able yeah. to stick it through an entire episode, you think? Maybe having an episode to talk about will guide us. Because right now it feels like we're just saying whatever comes into our head. Yeah, it's a stream of consciousness kind of day. It's, well, that's Scorpio energy. You know, it's just a type, it's just... I don't fucking know. I don't know anything about Scorpios. I just know that everybody always says we're the worst ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- and I have no choice but to embrace it. Scorpios are the worst, and uh, you don't act like a normal Scorpio is the two things that I get told. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what what should I act like? Also, you don't know the inner me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, come on, why don't you come dig a little deeper into this well? That's what I, that's what I always say to people. You don't know the inner me. And you don't know Chris. the inner Chris. Yeah, yeah. There's a sexy baby okay. inside all of us. Yeah, inside all Scorpios, definitely.
always had stomach issues, but I've been able to go like six years on this podcast without it happening, and it happens like twice in two weeks. It's okay. Just call me your own personal Barnes & Noble. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>